It's Commitment Sunday at Morningside. It is also the end of our five-week series that we've called For All the Saints. For those of you who have been worshiping with us this month, you know we have been singing our way through the hymn For All the Saints, one verse each week, as we think about how God works in and through and with and among all the saints and what God requires of us. So we're concluding our series with a little red passage from Levitical law. The verses that we're about to hear appear in a long line of verses about how to live as the people of God, a sort of expounding upon or expansion on the Ten Commandments. So listen now for the word of God from Leviticus 19. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. And when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. You shall not strip your vineyard bare or gather the fallen grapes from your vineyard, for you shall leave them for the poor and the stranger, for I am the Lord your God. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Come, Holy Spirit, heavenly dove, with all thy quickening power. Come shed abroad a Savior's love that it may kindle ours, and may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Be holy as the Lord your God is holy. That sounds like a pretty tall order. And when it gets unpacked like Leviticus just did, it is especially complicated for a bunch of 21st century city dwellers who don't have a field to harvest. Despite growing up in Kansas across the street from horses and corn, I cannot count myself a farmer. Most of us these days do not live that close to the land. Our connection to the harvest has something to do with going to the strawberry section of Publix and turning over the containers to decide which one is the best one to take home. Maybe, maybe you went apple picking this fall and you got a sense for the labor required and the bounty available and you walked across or around some extra apples that had fallen to the ground. But this instruction to leave extra in the fields for the poor and stranger in Leviticus feels a bit out of reach for those of us who do not farm. And to those of us who care about efficiency and maximizing profit, the sheer idea that we are not to maximize the harvest from our field feels somehow wasteful. So you may be asking, Pastor Katie, why in the world did you pick this text for Commitment Sunday? And what is God trying to help us see in this instruction? How will these few verses help us 
to be holy. But perhaps it helps to imagine ourselves out in the fields together. I once got invited to go gleaning in North Carolina. Gleaning, uh, some of you may know, is an ancient practice. It dates all the way back to these biblical times, and it involves picking up the leftovers in the field. Just as Leviticus prescribed, farmers would allow migrants and the poor to go through the fields after the harvest and pick up what was left. Gleaning is rooted in the psalm's claim that the earth is the Lord's and all that is in it. It requires that we acknowledge that the ground beneath our very feet isn't our property, that it belongs to God. And though it's an ancient practice, it has been carried forward in various forms throughout the centuries. And so the North Carolina Food Bank works with sweet potato farmers across the state each year to welcome volunteers into the fields to glean on behalf of the poor. And as a college student, I was curious enough to sign up, and so some friends and I one Saturday morning laced up our good work boots and headed out to the field. And I have to say that truthfully, I expected this to be boring, laborious, and not especially productive. I assumed that modern farm equipment was surely efficient and that there probably wouldn't be much left for us to do. But we got out to the field that morning, and uh, the organizer assigned each of us a row in the field and handed us a potato sack. And our job for the morning was to go down our particular row and to pick up any extra potatoes that we could find so they could be donated to the food bank to help the hungry. And I started standing at the end of the row and looking out over the field, and I really thought this was going to be a giant waste of time because I could not, looking out over the whole field, see a single potato. But as we started to walk down the rows, I discovered that not only were there a few potatoes, there were actually tons of potatoes. And after a bit, my own potato sack was full, and so I turned around and headed back down my row to the food bank truck where we were supposed to take our potatoes, and I looked and saw that someone else had gotten into my row of potatoes. And so I was hauling this big bag of potatoes down the row, and I was determined to tell him along the way, um, this row has been assigned and I've already done this. There are no potatoes left to be found. And by the time I got to him, I found that his sack was nearly full as well. And at first I thought, they should not hire me. I'm a terrible gleaner. But then I realized that this ancient practice we were participating in is an exercise in seeing God's abundance. It turned out that bounty was all around us. And God's generosity was spilling out of potato sacks up and down every single row. So what can we glean from this scene in the field? See what I did there? It can be hard to see God's abundance, especially if you're just looking out over a whole field. It can be hard to trust 
that there were actually any sweet potatoes to be picked or that there is enough to go around. It can be hard to trust God's abundance enough to believe that we can share with others. And yet, God's generosity is all around us. God's generosity was literally sprouting up from the earth, and here's the amazing part. There is enough. In fact, in the field that day, there was more than enough. More than enough for the farmers to make a sustainable wage, and for the hungry in our communities to be fed, and for some potatoes still yet to be left in the field to nourish the soil for the next season. So this instruction from Leviticus is not just a rule to be followed or an expounding upon what it means to love God by loving your neighbor. Leviticus is calling us to a way of life that reflects the way God is toward us. Be holy for the Lord your God is holy, said Leviticus. Perhaps it means be generous for the Lord your God is is generous. The Levitical law is in fact not a call to suffering. The farmers in the field had what they needed and were still able to provide for the poor. Instead, this is a kind of vision of God's generosity that pours out in abundance, and it is an invitation to participate in a different kind of math. For when we are all generous, there is enough for all. Enough food, enough love, enough grace, enough resource. There was a family therapist named uh, Rachel Naomi Remen, and she recalled giving counsel to patients who had adult children, who had come to see her because they were still, even as their children were grown, wondering where they had gone wrong. She said over and over, she kept hearing from patients some version of this, I cannot understand why my children are so selfish when I have given them everything they ever wanted. And they would go on to describe how they as parents had sacrificed much and given everything for the sake of their children. And she sat back in her chair with one particular patient and reflected for a moment and she said, perhaps we do not help our children become generous by giving to them, but by involving them when we give to others. Perhaps this Levitical law is God's way of involving us in giving to others. Perhaps we, like those children, learn generosity by involving ourselves in God's generosity. Be holy, for the Lord your God is holy. Be generous, for the Lord your God is generous. Whether you live on the farm or in the heart of the city, we are shaped into the image of God by living and loving and giving like God. And in the end, that's what commitment season in the church is all about. It is a chance to participate in the generosity of God 
by giving to others through the church, by recognizing that there is, in fact, enough in all of our fields and lives and pocketbooks to share. There's a classic story about a Baptist church that had passed the offering plates during worship, and the ushers brought the offering plates down the center aisle, and everyone stood to sing, praise God from whom all blessings flow, and they handed the plates to the pastor, and the pastor looked at the plates and said, you can do better than that, and sent them back around a second time. I'm not saying it's a good strategy. It's not one we're going to do today. I do not believe that God's instruction in Leviticus is meant to inflict any kind of guilt, but it is an invitation to participate in God's generosity, one that comes with gladness, as we heard from 2 Corinthians. Gladness when you know that your hungry neighbor is fed, gladness when the needs of the whole community are met. Last year, as we were ending the commitment season, we realized that we were slightly short of our budget goal. And the session could have figured out how to make cuts or to limit our giving to mission partners or to pull back on programs or to withhold raises from the staff. But instead, we did the math as a team and realized that if even a few in our congregation gave just $10 a week more, we could make the goal we had set, this goal that was rooted in what we felt God was calling us to do as a church for the coming year. And I have to tell you that no pastor likes to ask for money, and no pastor likes to ask for money a second time, not even that Baptist pastor. But gleaning from the fertile fields of this congregation, what happened is that abundance poured forth. And your gifts enabled us not only to meet that goal, but to meet our mission partners' asks and to launch a new midweek worship service and to support the care of the building and the staff and to make space for our children to grow and learn and participate in God's generosity. You responded by leaving some extra in the field, just like Leviticus instructed, and it was gleaned on behalf of the church for the sake of Christ's mission in the world. Be holy as the Lord your God is holy. Be generous as the Lord your God is generous. Back in those sweet potato fields in North Carolina, I remember at the end of the day looking at the back of the sweet potato truck, or the, of the truck that held all of these sweet potatoes. It was literally a mountain of sweet potatoes, but that mountain came together from all of those individual bags that had been poured into the back of the truck. It took every one of us to glean the field that day, to participate in the unearthing of the abundance of God. And that abundance was ripe for sharing. We had no idea when we started that day what the bounty was from God at our very feet. Over the course of this month, we have explored the ways that God has called each of us to participate as the body of Christ, to give of ourselves for the sake of all the saints. The one sitting next to you, 
the ones we partner with in mission throughout the city, the neighbors we haven't met yet, and above all, God. So today you get to be a gleaner. This sanctuary is a fertile field full of the bounty of God. So imagine that your row is one of those particular rows in the field. And maybe you're looking down your pew saying, I'm the only one sitting in this pew and my pledge card is not a lot. But as you look more deeply, I wonder if you can see and trust God's generosity in your very feet. Your pledge is like the blessings in life's field to be shared for the betterment of the whole community. Your monetary gifts will help us share in ministry in the coming year, and your time and talents are like gifts in your vineyard meant to be poured out for others. So if you check the box to join the green team, or to teach Sunday school, or be a confirmation mentor, mentor, or bring a meal to Clifton, abundance will pour forth from within us. Maybe you will sign up to literally glean the, the pews by joining the pew crew that walks in each pew every Sunday to pick up the stray bulletins and communion cups left behind. Be holy like the Lord your God is holy. Be generous like the Lord your God is generous. For when we do, and when we do so together, we discover that there is, in fact, enough. More than enough. Thanks be to God. Amen.